going on welcome to episode number 751 of locked on raptors for tuesday july the 28th i'm your host sean woodley of raptorshq.com you can find me on twitter as always at woodley sean and you can find the show at locked on raptors we can find links to every single episode of the podcast and of course please make sure you are checking out the entirety of the locked on podcast network We've got team-focused shows covering all of your favorite teams heading into the return of sports, or perhaps the end of sports if you are a baseball baseball fan. But uh, the other sports seem to be doing all right. Hockey, basketball, uh, maybe football. I guess we'll see. But either way, all of our hosts are doing great work, sports or not, across the Lockdown Podcast Network. So make sure you're checking them out, subscribing to, and rating, reviewing, rating and reviewing the shows that you want to support. All right. On today's show, we are joined once again by our pal Vivek Jacob, this time to answer pressing bubble question number three, what does a healthy Marcus Gasol mean for the Toronto Raptors in Orlando? And we're using that question sort of as a guise to talk to him about his wonderful piece about Marcus Gasol, which went up at Complex last week. If you have not yet read it, you did not listen to my instructions yesterday to read it as homework, and I'm disappointed in you. You get an F. Either way, Big V, what's going on? Uh, nothing much. Just... Uh... You know, it's nice to have basketball all around us. It's nice to have sports all around us. Uh, mm-hmm. Everything that I watch is pretty much back. There's cricket. There's EPL soccer. Champions League will be back soon enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the NBA is here. So, yeah, it's all it's all, it's all good for me right now. Phase two is uh, very much within my vibes. So, <laughs> all yeah. Good. I'm pretty sure Hamilton has moved to phase three, but I'm not concerned but about doing phase three related things. I got a haircut last week. That was all I needed to do. Other than that, I'm just, uh, you know, doing my thing, hanging out at home, watching the sports, watching the CEBL, which everyone should go watch. I'm doing games tonight. Uh, as you listen to this on Tuesday, I'll be doing games on CBC Gem. Go listen over there. Uh, this isn't about me, though. This is about uh, Vivek and his wonderful piece. I'm very proud of all of our uh, friends here on the show, uh, mostly Vivek and Katie, as they uh, write wonderful pieces all the time and make me look good uh, <laughs> by coming on the show to talk about them. Um, Vivek, you wrote about Marcus Gasol last week for Complex uh, and sort of his transformation uh, in terms of his health and also uh, his ability to drink all the beers in the world off of a bus and then follow up by Rosé and not be hungover and also take a flight that night. Uh, lots of great stuff in your piece about Marcus Gasol. How did this come together? What was the impetus for it? And uh, what, was, what was their sort of ultimate takeaway about uh, after talking to Marcus Gasol and others involved in the story? Um. I mean, it kind of just came together because I feel like I was just able to steadily develop a pretty decent rapport with him. Mm-hmm. Just here and there, you know, before, after games, just getting a bit of insight from him. And then, you know, finally, you know, I asked him if I could just get sort of an extended conversation. And, and then we agreed to it after one of the practices. And so he was able to give me his time. And, you know, I think he's someone with incredible perspective on life and i think you saw some of that towards the end of the piece uh when he's talking about basketball just you know sort of being this awesome thing that they have in their life but you know it doesn't define who they are or anything like that and yeah i think the way he's grown as a basketball player right from 
you, know, you you think about the jokes that people made when uh, Gus, like his brother Pau was traded to the Lakers, mm-hmm. uh, and you know the judgment that people had on Mark at the time and the way he's evolved ever since. You know, I think that's something uh, that I was interested in, and just like his constant evolution and his w- willingness to adapt. Uh, that's that's what stuck out to me as uh, I've sort of followed him, and then even just in the conversation with him. Yeah, the thing that really stood out, I mean, a lot of things really stood out. It was a great piece with lots of different elements and sort of, um, you know, pieces of the Marcus All story. But I really, I, I, it was, I was taken aback by the numbers, the sheer numbers of what happened to his three-point shooting um, sort of before that foot injury in 2016 that you reference in the, in the piece where he had attempted 66 threes before that in his entire career, I believe. And then yeah. since then, he's attempted 1,000 or, or more than 1,000 and is shooting like 37% on them. Um, and just sort of his realization that, huh, I need to adapt with the times. You know, we've just beaten been beaten in recent years by like the Warriors and some of these like really sort of futuristic style teams. And I don't fit in with that. And for him to just sort of take it on and say, okay, I'm just going to shoot threes now and then do it so well. I mean, it speaks to just how talented that dude is, the soft touch he has and just sort of his constantly sort of expanding repertoire. But, you know, it's just, it's remarkable that a dude could just like have that switch flip at age 31 and be able to, you know, parlay that into becoming the type of player who can stay on the floor against the Warriors in the finals, which you referenced as well. You know, like think back to that series in 2014-15 against the Warriors where, you know, he wasn't necessarily the culprit for why they couldn't win that series. A lot of it was Tony Allen not being able to shoot and whatnot, but that was that was a team that was just simply outgunned. And then you yeah. have Marcus Saul, the sort of poetry of him in game one of the finals, bombing threes in the first quarter and then like hedging up high and staying on Steph Curry in one-on-one situations. I mean, the way that he sort of transformed his game is remarkable and also like kind of led to the Raptors having the juice to win a title. Yeah, I think that there's a couple of things. I mean, first of all, NBA players are just incredible in the way that they're able to, you know, just add things to their game in general. But I think with Mark, I think some of that, is the fact that, you know, in Europe, they do sort of stress technique and skill. And so, uh, you know, even though he wasn't shooting threes, he always had a dependable sort of mid-range jumper. So it was just a question of extending that. Um, And so I think that's where that sort of comes from, his ability to do it so quickly anyway. And, And then you look at, again, the evolution of the center position, I found it amazing that he was able to adapt so quickly, uh, you know, not only because of how intelligent he is, but because of the physical changes he was willing to make. And you have to have a certain level of humility to do that uh, and sort of self-awareness because you you look at other centers, uh, like you think about that sort of 11, 12, 13 uh, seasons uh, and you think about the way uh, the Dwight Howards and the Tyson Chandlers and uh, the Roy Hibberts were impacting the league. And you look at the way their relevance sort of diminished and Marcus all uh, just ascended. I, I think that speaks volumes of his willingness to, you know, just find a way to keep playing and, you know, find, find, find a way to keep being impactful uh, at a high level. So yeah, man, I, 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 I think he's truly incredible. I think low key, if you, if you were to think about the best centers in the, in the league, I think I would definitely have him in there. I know Rudy Gobert has won the defensive player uh, year, the defensive player of the year award uh, 
and he's going to be in the mix this year as well. But I genuinely believe that Marcus Hall is a better defensive player than him uh, because of his ability to play different styles of defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Gobert is a fantastic defender in the way that the Jazz defend. Uh, but I think, I think in terms of Marc Gasol's willingness to adapt and I think this is another thing I highlighted in the piece, you know, we talk about Nick Nurse being able to go from, uh, you know, just playing man to man to playing a triangle and two to playing a box and one, uh, to switching a whole bunch of things up. You have to have a center who can adapt to those things. Like think about all the years that Jonas Valanciunas was in Toronto. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it was like, okay, this year we're going to play uh, with, you know, dropping the big and see how JV can uh, do that. And, okay, you know, this year we're going to try, uh, you know, icing on the pick and roll and we'll see uh, how that works out. And with Mark, it's just, hey, this is what we're going to do and we, we know Mark can follow through with it. And I think it makes a huge difference for the Raptors and, and for Nick Nurse in terms of his game planning. Not only does he follow through with it, he like often is calling out the orders. <laughs> and <Yeah. laughs> like that's that's the incredible thing too. I mean, you saw it all last year. They talked about it, just like Mark being back there, just sort of reading what he's seeing and saying, All right, we're doing this now, and this is the coverage, and they can kind of go play by play almost in what they're running, all because you have him at the back sort of commanding things. It's it's remarkable. And yeah, I mean Look, it's probably fair that Rudy Gobert wins the regular season award for defense, right? Like, his numbers are great. The Jazz always have a very good defense, much better when he's on the floor. All of that, he's, like, certainly an imposing rim-protecting presence that everybody thinks about when they're on the floor. But, you know... throw him in the playoffs and Rudy Gobert is flummoxed by the Rockets every single time he plays them. Whereas Marcus all like we talked about is adaptable and can play a bunch of different styles. And that is what you need in the postseason. And like, I'm thinking about this in the context of this year and like a healthy and spry speedy Marcus all like, do you, is there a matchup where you think he's going to even be a little bit stressed? Like, you know, the, the, obviously, like guarding Giannis and being the back line of defense against the Bucks is difficult, and he might fail at it just because Giannis is amazing, but he's not going to be ill equipped for that job. There's the Celtics, where yes, they can go small, but he's proven he can kind of hang with smaller guys, too. Is there a matchup that you think maybe trips him up, or is he kind of matchup proof with, and like again, that kind of proves how good of a defender he is if he is that? Um, I think this version of the Rockets would have just been. Uh, interesting to see mm. uh, to go up against a team so small where PJ Tucker is at center. Right. I, I mean, I, I still think he's so smart. He'd, he'd figure out a way and be fine. I do think for the most part, he is matchup proof uh, because of just how smart he is. And this is the other thing when, when I, you know, you highlighted, uh, you mentioned how Marcus all would show high and help disrupt Steph Curry in those pick and roll actions. And, you know what what he maybe doesn't have uh in sort of lateral quickness he makes up with his hands you see a lot of times when he's showing high like that mm-hmm. uh he's very disruptive with his hands and just you know making it very difficult for the guard to see the floor and sort of zip that next pass or whatever it may be it makes it very difficult and so uh i just think he knows how to use uh his, his body in the best way possible. You know, Nick Nurse made a very interesting reference about the way he can stomach people. Uh, and so I uh, don't know how much of a factor that is now. Uh, as <laughs> but 
you know, I, I, again, I, th- I think he knows how to use his tools uh, to get the best advantage. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're going to continue talking about Marcus Saul and Vivek's great piece on him in just a second. But first, I want to tell people about Locked On Blue Jays, which is covering the wild world of the Toronto Blue Jays right now with AJ Andrews. Of course, uh, you know, things are very tenuous with baseball, but either way, AJ has you covered there as they prepare to play in Buffalo or maybe not play in Buffalo because the season's been derailed. Either way, it's all very important. There's lots of interesting storylines with the Jays, and AJ Andrews has you covered over there. All right, Big V, let's uh, continue on with the Marcus Gasol chat. First, a reminder that you can always get in touch with the show at Locked On Raptors. You can always tweet me at Woodley Sean and, uh, you know, jump in the DMs as well. My DMs are always open. Just be nice, please. Uh, anyway, let's, uh, let's get into Gasol again a little bit more here. Um, one of the, my other favorite parts of the piece that you wrote about him was the sort of uh, the Bam Adebayo stuff where you spoke to Bam Adebayo about sort of Gasol offering that sort of mentorship and the, you know, kind of – the, the, I can't remember the exact quote and I, the, the page crashed on me, so I can't read it off the top of my head, but it was something along the lines of like, why not pass down knowledge to the future of the league and keep the league going strong? Like, and even though they play for a different team, like when we're on the court, I'm going to step on your neck and beat you, but off the court, I'm okay to pass along that wisdom. I'm not sure a lot of guys have that sort of mentality. I mean, maybe that's growing. Um, maybe we're seeing that a little bit, but I think that's really special that Gasol up against a guy and Bam Adebayo, who very well could be like a playoff nemesis at some point, either this season or sometime down the line, that is uh, really cool of him to be like offering that sort of wisdom along. And I mean, the way you watch Bam Adebayo play defense, like it's like night and day, not night and day, it's night and night. It's the exact same thing. Like he's, he's very much like Marcus Gasol in that he's pretty much matchup proof. He's really smart. He can do all the different things you need a big man to do. He's very much a modern big. And I've kind of, you know, outside of the lack of shooting for Bam Adebayo, I've kind of viewed him as like next wave Marcus Gasol almost because of the things that he does on the defensive end. Um, what, what stood out to you from your conversation with Bam as it relates to him and Marcus Gasol? I think the first, the, the, the main thing that stood out to me is just the respect. I think, you know, for Bam to sort of say that, you know, he maybe didn't pay attention to Mark as much before he got into the league. And, and then, you know, really, you know, when you're going up against a guy like that and now you start to understand and then you start, and then as a result, he said, you know, he started just paying attention to the other stuff and going back and uh, seeing what Mark has accomplished in his career not just in the NBA, but internationally as well. Um, and yeah, so I think for Bam, who I think looks to be the future of the center position uh, along with some of the other guys, uh, for him to say, yeah, I, I play and I, I, I watch Mark and I see myself in Mark. And, uh, and, you know, and then for him, you know, I was trying to pick his brain about uh, – what he's been talking to Gasol about basketball wise. And that's where he was just straight up. Like, like that's, what's the best part about Mark. Like we hardly ever talk about basketball. It's just, he, you know, he, he cares for me as a human being. He'll ask me, uh, you know, how I'm doing, how my family's doing. Um, and that's what brings us closer. So uh, I thought, again, that's another thing that is just special about Mark as a human being. And then just that perspective he had about understanding how small the NBA community is and the need to look out for each other. Cause again, you spend so much time away from your families that's highlighted now as they're in the bubble. 
but in general, you're in and out of hotel rooms and you're traveling all the time. Uh, you do spend more time, you know, uh, with these players uh, than you do with your own family. And so uh, I, I do think it's important to sort of show that level of caring and empathy uh, just for the NBA to grow as a community. Definitely. Um, just, uh, God, what a treasure is Marcus Gasol. And I do not relish the idea of him potentially not being on the team I like going forward, but you know, he's just so easy to root for, man. I don't, we don't have to get into the future implications of Marcus Gasol or anything just yet because there's still playoffs to be played, but, um, there's just something that, uh, then keep him around pay him forever i don't give a shit uh, <laughs> pay him for five years I, I i'm totally okay with that i want to root for marcus Saul as long as possible i'm just trying to pivot this towards the playoffs a little bit because you know he is looking healthy he is looking spry he you know played 10 minutes in the game against portland on set on sunday but imagine he'll get a little bit more run against the suns tonight um are you sort of this, this is i'm trying to figure out exactly what it means for marcus Saul to be like 100% healthy and how it changes things because you know he was damn effective this year when not being 100% and still carrying the sort of weight of last like literally and figuratively the, the weight of the very long summer he had winning titles drinking rosé and winning more titles and drinking more rosé and I, I'm just I, I don't know I, it's hard to like visualize what sort of like an increased version of Marcus Saul would be and how it would change things for the Raptors. Do you have an inkling as to what that might look like if Gasol is like, you know, 20% better, 30% better, more effective than he was during the season this year? Like, how does that change things for the Raptors? Yeah, I, I, I think I think it has the potential to change things significantly if he's willing to shoot the ball more. I think that's, that's, a, that's a huge X factor in terms of his value. I think there are, like, you know, we talked about uh, – OG Ananobi on the podcast yesterday and how if he's able to attack opportunities that are presented to him, then that's going to be an advantage for the Raptors. The same way when Marcus has got the ball up top and the ball swung to him, if he's being left wide open, he needs to identify that he is the best option uh, and he is the best shot available uh, instead of, you know, just sort of trying to recycle the offense and trying to get something else going. I think sometimes he's a little too, uh, you know, hot potato with it and just trying to get the next action going when, you know, if he just looked at the rim, it's like, Hey man, you're wide open. You're a great three point shooter. Just go for it. Um, I, I personally think, you know, I, I, I wouldn't have any issue with him shooting seven, eight threes a game. Um, and so I think that if, from that standpoint, if physically, you know, if he's feeling lighter, you feel feeling sharper, you can get that extra lift in his jumper. Uh, and that leads to him taking more shots. Uh, I, I think that's where the biggest gains can be made. You know, again, defensively, maybe he's a little quicker uh, laterally, whatever it may be in terms of getting to spots. Uh, so, yeah, I think there's a lot to gain. And I think overall, big picture, I think it just sets, again, this championship standard that the Raptors have looked to maintain all season. You look at Nick Nurse right at the beginning saying, hey, Rondé, all the new guys just aren't up to where we need them to be. Uh, when you have Kyle and Mark coming out of this lockdown looking like the two fittest guys, it sets a standard of expectation of where everyone needs to be. And if those guys are doing it at, you know, 34, 35, 
but there's absolutely no excuse for anyone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's, I'm almost taken aback by how like ready the team seems. And I, maybe that shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody because of how they carry themselves, but from Mark on down and then like Lowry, like you said, we talked about him yesterday. Everyone just seems like totally locked in Norm Powell as well. Just a professional ass basketball team, which you know, can go a long way in a weird-ass circumstance like this where we don't know how other teams are going to react. We don't really know sort of what the the implications of not having fans in the stands and stuff is going to be. But I mentioned it yesterday, you know, I think if there's a team that's equipped to survive this sort of strange, you know, like Twilight zone basketball world we, that we live in, it feels like this team that seems unfazed by anything and is just like extremely ready and prepared and like that seems like a pretty good formula to me. And they just, they really don't seem afraid of anybody. I mean, Kyle had his piece. I think it was Joe Varden. He spoke to um, for the athletic uh, that came out today, just sort of talking about how they're not afraid of anybody, not the bucks. Like they all kind of embody that just like uh, taking no shit spirit, which is very, very nice. And uh, just it adds into just like the joy that is this team and watching them play and watching them sort of do their work every single day. It's uh, it's, it's quite remarkable. Um, we should close off Big V by discussing booze. Uh, <laughs> maybe the best part of this uh, entire story was the fact that Marcus all said that we saw him on parade day. There was no bones about it. That dude was lit. Um, <laughs> and you know, he, he, he avoided the mic on the stage, I think responsibly all that. Um, he finished all the beers, warm beers uh, on the bus <laughs> and <laughs> then got into the Rose. Um, then apparently he got on a flight that night to Spain to go get ready for the world cup. Yeah. Uh, like that's remarkable. I have like two drinks <laughs> at 2 PM and I need to sleep till seven. Uh, <laughs> like I, I don't, I can't relate to this uh, tolerance. What was your uh, takeaway of that part of the conversation with Mark Casal, uh, who apparently is just a goddamn tank? I mean, I was, I was just kind of laughing throughout the conversation because we, we, we got to the parade stuff and then I was asking him how he was, you know, the hangover, anything, anything like that. And he was like, no, I got, I got on a plane to Spain, got ready for training camp and, you know, I, I had to go win another gold medal. So I won another gold medal. And <laughs> so, yeah, I, th- I think, I think that part of it was hilarious. Uh, at some point when I get to see him again, uh, you know, in a one-on-one setting, I'm going to have to, he, he told me that, you know, there was, uh, obviously they, they finished all the beers uh, and then they got to the rosé, but he said, there's a little secret that set everything off. Um, and so, uh, he said he wasn't willing to divulge that information at the time, but I think I'm going to have to, uh, you know, work at him a little bit and see if I can get that out of him at some point, even if it's going to be, even if, you know, he says it needs to be off the record. I just need to know. (laughs) I need to know now too. Um, hopefully it was, uh, something innocuous like a Jagger bomb or something like that. Or who cares? They're fucking professional athletes. They can do what they want. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's great. And uh, gotta love starting in the morning too. That's that started at like nine a.m. So uh, congrats yep. to them for uh, kicking it off early. Again, if I was to start drinking at nine a.m., I would not be able to catch a flight to Spain to go prepare for a basketball tournament that same day. Just start drinking at nine a.m. Finish <laughs> drinking at like three p.m. 
yeah. and then hop on a flight to go win a gold medal at the basketball world cup that day i could barely get on the bus home to go like to go to my own bed at the end of the day <laughs> uh and i wasn't in the parade i wasn't uh hanging on to my life by the, the thread of eric morland's fingers uh i was just doing parade stuff but yeah just uh, amazing stuff a legend in every single uh respect is marcus Saul. and uh again keep him around forever pay him for five more years i just everything about that dude rules and uh i can't get enough shout out to marcus Saul. shout out to you for a wonderful piece as well it was fantastic thank you for writing it thank you for sharing it with everybody and uh, everyone go read it if you have not yet read it you should read it it's wonderful vivek that's the end of today's show we're gonna wrap up here do you have anything that you would like to plug um no i feel like i did this yesterday so pretty much the same stuff man complex raptors republic sportsnet where anywhere that'll have me uh and will pay <laughs> me you can find me uh twitter does not pay me but you can find me there uh, they, 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 they pay me with a lot of fan support honestly um i think one of the cool parts is raptors twitter and all the positive feedback uh that i've received is you know it, it's great to see and it definitely keeps the motivation high to keep going I, uh, yeah, it, like among my favorite things of the last couple of days has been just like watching games with the, the online friends again. Um, mm-hmm. it's just, a, it's a nice sort of comforting feeling. It's the family away from the family. It's the online family, if you will. Um, and yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's nice to find some sort of normalcy in all of this, uh, truly wretched hellscape in which we live. Uh, Vivek, this was great. Thank you so much for coming on. We will talk to you. I guess the next time we'll talk to you will be after some real games are played, which is very exciting. Uh, in the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Woodley Sean. You can subscribe to rate and review this podcast wherever you get your podcast. It's much appreciated when you take the time to do that. Uh, please also make sure you're checking out all the Locked On Podcast Network shows that cover the other teams you like in the Big Four sports, as well as the NCAA, as well as the new Locked On Women's Basketball Podcast relaunched with an all-star cast of hosts, which got going Going on Monday. Highly recommend you check that out. Erica Ayala is on Tuesdays if you want to go listen to that right now. Uh, Erica Ayala is absolutely incredible at what she does and uh, so excited to have her in the Locked On family now. Uh, that is going to do it for today's show and we will talk to you again on Wednesday as we break down a banger of a scrimmage, I'm sure, against the Phoenix Suns, baby! We'll talk to you then. Have a good one. <laughs>